This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Our spotlight sponsor is Keeps, K-E-E-P-S. If you've noticed that your hair isn't as luxurious and uh, wonderful, it's the best hair ever. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't been feeling that way, uh, you might be losing your hair. Do something about it. Um, I've been taking. I started taking Propecia. I don't know how many years ago. Thirty years ago, and it has helped me keep my hair. Uh, and it's a. It's been very, very welcomed. Now there's a special deal at Keeps. You don't have to go into a doctor. You just take a couple of pictures of your hair. You send them into the website. They have a licensed doctor look at it and send you. Uh, the prescription for the right medicine, and then they send you the medicine at home. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. Uh, get started with a special deal to keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. You'll save 50% off your first order of Keeps hair loss treatments. And by the way, this is the generic stuff, so it's cheap already. Keeps dot com slash save. That's keeps dot com slash save. All right, let's all take a deep breath as we get ready to start another national broadcast. you to take a deep breath before we begin today's national broadcast with uh take it with me it's like we're birthing a baby here um because the list of what has happened just yesterday is a little overwhelming and i need to give you the perspective on it we do that in 60 seconds So I'm guessing right now, if you're, you know, trying to sell your house, oh, it's fun, isn't it? The stress, oh, I'm remodeling my house right now. Oh, yeah, no, I just figured, you know, over the summer, let's just throw in some extra s- stress. And, uh, and so I get it. If you need a great real estate agent to help you through all of this, what I want you to do is I want you to call realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Today, I want to start with something... I, I don't know who's even behind, um, but 
I have a hard time feeling as though this is actually a conservative group because I want you to look at this poster. It's for January 17th. The largest armed protest ever to take place on American soil is scheduled. Please do not get involved in any of this. I'm begging you, please. First of all, I don't know who's behind this. Uh, but this is extraordinarily dangerous. If you look at the poster, it sure looks like a communist poster to me. I mean, red and yellow, the colors of the Chinese flag. Why would you? Why? Uh, and quite honestly, I don't believe anybody in any militia. I don't believe anybody on the conservative side put this together because it's actually done with some artistic flair. And we don't have any artistic flair. Please, some guy in, you know, some militia's like, you know what, I'll do the poster. And it comes out looking like that. I don't think so. There, I mean, the, there's an element of the left that is itching, <sighs> itching for you to go to this. Well, let me, let me give you why. Okay, so remember how many people were actually in the Capitol that engaged in violence? Okay. You know, a hundred you know, something something in that nature. I mean, there was more than that in the Capitol, but, you know, yeah. many of them did not engage in violence. Right. Uh, though they were still wrong to be there. 74 million peaceful Trump supporters. The percentage of Trump supporters that were inside the Capitol doing something uh, bad or outside doing something bad is point zero 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 one three five one percent. That's how little that was. But you would think that the entire world is on fire. And I am not excusing it. It is bad. I put it into the same category as Antifa. And one of their insurrection riots. By the way, happening still in Portland and nobody seems to care about it, but that's a different story. So I want you to know that last Wednesday, a few people who should go to jail, and many of them are. It's weird how they can find these guys right away, but Antifa, they, I, I don't even know. Anyway, they're going to jail and they should go to jail. But let me give you just what has happened yesterday. Web hosting service GoDaddy has booted a gun site, ARFCOM, from its servers. ARFCOM is down, been booted from GoDaddy. They're looking for an alternative solution. The post encourages users to bookmark and backup URL, noting that their main URL will soon be offline. The news, the news comes as big tech companies have created controversy over the banning of social media network Parler, which bills itself as a platform for more open uh, free speech. Okay. Amazon's partner, GoDaddy, has now banned a gun site. And somebody, the idiots... Somebody thinks it's a good idea to have armed protests in all 50 capitals and the nation's capital next week. 
That's going to work out real well. Let me tell you this. You will be responsible for the Second Amendment being lost. There are ways to fight things, but you have to use your noodle to figure out the most effective way. And that is the least effective way. As Stu said a minute ago, they're itching for you to do this. They just can't wait for you to do this. How do you think that's going to be perceived? Well, we're going to scare them. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you scare them, they will take guns away. Well, good. Then we'll, we've got most of the guns. Are you an idiot? Do you want bloodshed? Do you want the United States to spiral out of control? And by the way, if the United States ever starts to lose a war against armed insurrectionists, do you think the rest of the world will be on your side? I'm sorry. I don't. I'm, it, people are upset, and I get it, and we are at a crossroads. We're seeing what's happening. Let me give you the news. Deutsche Bank has just dropped Donald Trump. This is the biggest lender in the world. They say from here on out, he cannot do business with Deutsche Bank. Why? Why? Twitter has suspended 70,000 QAnon accounts. I don't believe this is just QAnon. I think this is anybody who had any QAnon people that were posting even and responding. There is new algorithms that that Google is now using. And please, please don't. I get so much mail from people who are like, is this true? Is this true? I mean, my sisters on both sides of the family there and there it's an honest question they don't know what's true anymore please please verify everything before you retreat it retweet it remember i have begged you in the past to keep your honor and your integrity because it's going to be a very valued commodity it will be worth your weight in gold or in bitcoin And I know that Bitcoin doesn't actually weigh anything, but you need your credibility. So please don't retweet stuff and go like, I don't know. Is this true? Don't. Don't spread that. Facebook yesterday had censored um, Ron Paul. He says he's been blocked from using his Facebook page for unspecified violations of community standards. He again doesn't know why. He said, with no explanation other than repeatedly going against our community standards, Facebook has blocked me from managing my page. We've never received a notice of violating community standards in the past, and nowhere is the offending post identified. If this is true, this is Facebook picking a fight. This is Facebook wanting the powerful center senator from kentucky to stand against facebook they want regulation because they win in regulation 
They want the government to regulate. Why else would you pick a fight with Ron Paul when Rand Paul is in the Senate? That's the dumbest thing unless you have other ideas. New York Bar Association has launched an inquiry into the removal of Rudy Giuliani from the bar, from the New York bar. New York is completely lost. It, I mean, move to New Jersey from New York, and it's like you're moving from China to America. And believe me, moving from New Jersey to Texas is China to America. That's how bad and off the rails New York is. Chapman University is now facing pressure to fire the professor, John Eastman, who spoke up at the pro-Trump rally before the Capitol breach. Now, this is really taking, I, I have to hand it to them, those on the left. I don't even know where Chapman University is. I've never even heard of Chapman University. Have you heard of Chapman University? I have not, no. Okay, so <clears throat> just to, to protest and to boycott Chapman, you're really having to do a few Google searches. I don't think you get that on the first try. You're like, no, 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 no. Not Chapstick, Chapman University. Uh, okay, I, I'm trying. Check page 412. Now, I just want to remind the audience do you remember the guy in, in Denver that was at one of the universities in Denver? And he was preaching about how America is so horrible. This is right after 9-11. Do you remember this guy? Long hair. I can't even remember what his name was. But he was, you know, saying the oh, yeah. Native Americans need all of the land back. And he was just a despicable human being. Despicable. We didn't fire him. But you can't have any dissent now. Police in California are now bracing for pro-Trump demonstrations at Twitter. I, I want <clears throat> to, if you're going to protest, you have to be so incredibly disciplined and you have to know who is in your ranks. This is something that history has shown us. What happens when you don't have discipline? I know anyone who came with us to Birmingham, everyone had to sign Martin Luther King's Pledge of Nonviolence. I handed out the 10 steps to nonviolence that he had handed out. I made everybody march when we marched in the largest Civil rights march, according to the city of Birmingham, at least at the time, they'll probably say that we were violent or something. The largest uh, civil rights march in Birmingham since Martin Luther King. And I told everyone, you have to uh, you have to walk the, the, the route. Linked arms, you have to be in blocks and there's a block captain for every group of, I can't remember what it was, 30 or 50 people. And you stay in those blocks and you watch each other and you keep going. And people ask me all the time, even my own staff, why are we doing this? This is ridiculous. We're not expecting. And I said, it's not for today. It's for what's coming. You're going to need this skill. Now is the time you need this skill and I will teach it to you the best I can over the coming days. 
But what I ask you to do now is don't get involved in any of these groups. Don't, please. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to start today and look at all of the bad things in your life. Look at all the things that are trouble in your life. All the things that have happened to you in your life that you say are something that's keeping you down. I lost my job. I did, you know, I, I, I give you my list. My first on my list in my life of woes was when I was a kid, I lost my mom. My dad asked me to make this list. And he was listening to me as I whined to him one day. I called him at the bakery and I said, Dad, I just, oh, woe is me. And my dad was smart enough not to say, shut up. My dad said, oh, my gosh, you know what, son? You really have had a tough life. You really have. And, he, and I believed him. He said it so sincerely that I believed that he believed that. And I said, right? I just don't know how I'm going to get past all this stuff. He said, you know what? I've got some bread in the oven, and I've got to get it out. And would you do me a favor? Make a list of all the things that have happened in your life that are just really bad. And I know you got a lot of them. And then call me tonight, and we can talk about it. I started writing the list. I think I got down to like number four and I called my dad back. My dad was sitting on a stool near the bench of the bakery. He didn't have any bread in the oven. And I called him back and I said, dad, you don't have any bread in the oven at all, do you? And he laughed and he said, you're smarter than that. That didn't take you very long to figure out. I'll tell you what I figured out in one minute. There's so much more we have to talk about, and, uh, and it's, it's really important for those who are part of this audience and know that they are going to be part of the solution. Please join me every day. Please join me every day. You will get a different message here than elsewhere. Politics is really important, but it is not the answer. It is something we all have to deal with, but it is not the answer. CarShield is our uh, sponsor this half hour. <clears throat> CarShield, uh, it's pretty radical. Uh, instead of uh, getting on social media to scream at one another, uh, what if we got into our cars and um, we screamed at each other in person? Because I don't think we actually would say these things in person. If we actually were standing next to our neighbor or somebody, you know, in our own family. But Glenn, our cars will break down because it's winter. I know. I know. That's where Car Shield comes in. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be able to uh, drive your car because if it breaks down, Car Shield has a rental car ready to go. They have roadside assistance 24-7 and they pay people directly. So you don't have to front the money to the mechanic or to the dealership to fix your car. And the great thing is you can fix it at the dealership. Get the authorized parts and the authorized people to keep your car in shape. It's, it's on their dime. Car Shield offers you maximum safety on the road for a low month-to-month -month cost. You can drive with confidence like I do, knowing that if anything happens to your car or your truck, you're protected. 
Get coverage today. See why CarShield cars go further. 800-665-2157. 800-665-2157. Or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. That's carshield.com. Promo code BECK. Deductible may apply. 10 seconds station ID. All right. Here's what I here's what I want to here's what I want to share with you. You're smart enough to know this already, but for those who couldn't figure out what my dad was trying to do, I called him up and I said, "Dad, you know, the number one thing was mom committed suicide when I'm, you know, 14, 15 years old." And uh he said, "Uh-huh." And I said, "But as I was listing these things off, I realized, but if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have moved in with you and I wouldn't have learned this, this, and this. And I don't think that my career would have happened without that event. And it's not because of that event. It's just what happened. And he said, son, congratulations. Life is not about the bad things that have happened to you. It's about what you do with them. Can you apply those things in a positive way in your life? So now I am not going to ask you next week to stay at home. Donald Trump has just issued a national emergency for the inauguration. I think that's one of the worst things we could do because national emergencies don't go away. And it suspends all kinds of restrictions. But he has just issued a national emergency for the for next week uh, because of these uh, events. I'm not just going to ask you to stay away from those things. I want you to do something positive. I want you next week. It's Martin Luther King Day next Monday. How appropriate is that? I mean, it's like the universe just God's like shouting up a, hello, hello, I'm here. I'm sending you some information. Can anyone see it? He's doing that and it's happening and we just have to look for it. So whether next week you just spend the day with your family or yourself and beginning today, make a list of all the bad things that have happened in your life and how have you used them to accomplish great things in your life. Then I want you to start looking at the things you're grateful for, the things that are good. I can tell you all about COVID, but I can tell you also all of the great things that have happened, especially to my family because of COVID. So we, we, this audience, need to change our focus. And next year, or next, next week on Inauguration Day, Put positive out. I want you to go volunteer your time. Go work at a soup kitchen. Go help someone next door. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Because they're itching for a fight, and I'll give you the list of things that they did yesterday that is just enough to make your head explode. Um, We'll give you that uh, coming up in just a second. First, it's a new year, which usually means one thing. We make those New Year's resolutions that turn out to be so hard to... To do after the long you know journey of maybe like five days i'm going to give you one that's easy to keep 
protect yourself from identity theft. Right now, the Internet is the wild, wild west. It is very dangerous to be. And all of us are on the Internet all the time, especially if your kids are still at home. You are so open for hackers to come in and steal your identity and everything else. No one can prevent all identity uh, theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the one New Year's resolution that can help resolve identity theft. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's LifeLock.com. And to commemorate the conservative crackdown, why not subscribe to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code Glenn will get you 30 bucks off now. 30 bucks off. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Hey, by the way, that uh, that dope that uh, uh, you know was wearing the helmet and standing by the speaker's chair that broke in. It was like dressed because I'm like a military guy. No, you're not, dude. And he had the uh, he had the zip ties for the handcuffs for all the people I'm going to arrest. Shut up. Anyway, he is he's refusing to to eat uh, any of the prison food or the jail food because uh, it's not organic. And, uh, well, sucks to be him. Uh, Stripe. Most people don't know what Stripe is, but Stripe is extraordinarily important. Stripe is a processing uh, system that if you are doing any kind of business online and it takes a credit card, it's usually done by Stripe or a couple of other companies. Uh, and if you don't have Stripe, you can't process anything online. Stripe is no longer processing payments for President Trump's campaign website uh, or any of his uh, you know, T-shirt sales or, or anything else. That's wonderful. Shopify has taken down all Trump organization and Trump campaign stores offline. So Shopify, I mean, you can't process your credit card um, and you can't even find the website or you can find the website, but they don't have anything for sale now because Shopify is also another, if you will, plug in, if you will, uh, that people use to sell stuff. So you got that going for you. Uh, The ABC News political director uh, said, um, I don't want to quote him here. Um, Trump will be the ex-president in 13 days. The fact, the fact is that getting rid of Trump is the easiest part. Quoting, cleansing the movement he commands is going to be something else. Oh, I love it when we talk about cleansing movements. Nothing ever bad happens, like, when you use the word cleansing. I can't remember any. Uh, (laughs) Seems like it's always worked out really well. Apparently, we've all forgotten. We've all forgotten things that we said. Hey, let's not forget this. We've all forgotten those things. It's weird. Yeah. Again, I think it's a soap thing. I'm really fuzzy on it. But the word cleansing. Oh, and by the way, he knew that was bad. He deleted that tweet. So we got that going for us. Uh, But he still has his job. Don't worry. And he will forever. Don't worry. They would never fire the political director of ABC saying, we just need a good cleansing. 
hey, yeah. all of you people get into this shower over here. They'll read into every Republican's oh comments to say that they were inciting riots. But, you know, people t- tweeting about cleansing movements. There will be no repercussions for yeah, that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, OK, so the president, I told you, just declared a national emergency uh, because of what they say is coming. I, I think There are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. <sighs> okay, so uh, there is a this event next week, uh, and they're calling for armed insurrection in all of the state capitals and in Washington, D.C. Uh, don't do it, but he declared a national emergency because of that. CNN, uh, their senior media reporter, is demanding the targeting of conservative media outlets who have ignored their anti-Trump bias in reporting on the president and his administration. Oliver frickin Darcy demanded conservative news sources be held accountable, suggesting that they must be squelched. An expansion of the so-called cancel culture. TV providers that beam OAN and Newsmax into homes or rush Limbaugh. There are a lot of people profiting off of lies and conspiracy theories. But Oliver works for free. You've heard of Oliver. I'd like more, please. He's a poor little orphan. He just went to CNN because, well, nobody would hire me. I'd like more, please. And Brian Stelter said, oh, I'll give you a ladle full of slop, me boy. There it is. And little poor Darcy says, please, all these people are making profits. And I and CNN are not looking for profit at all. He said this informational environment must be cleaned up. (gasps) Cleaned up? Maybe cleansed? You're on the wrong side, Oliver. Wake up, dude. Facebook now has their preparations for Inauguration Day. Uh, Facebook said, we began preparing for Inauguration Day last year. Oh, I'll bet you did. But our planning took on new urgency after last week's violence in D.C. And we're treating the next two weeks as a major civic event. I think that's uh, what the inauguration always is. Uh, Facebook is a is a quote major civic event. We're taking the additional steps and using the same teams and technologies we used during the general election to stop misinformation and content that could incite further violence during these next few weeks. You know what I love about Facebook is they're so smart. They are so smart. Dummies like me thinking think that if you silence and call half of the country idiots, morons, uh, deplorables, uh, racists, uh, uh, revolutionaries that just want to overthrow the government. If you do that for a long period of time and then when they finally say, hey, I'm not that, then you silence everyone. See, I would think that would make things worse, but Facebook, they have AI helping them, so they know better than I do. 
gosh, I'm glad they're in control of things. We're now removing content containing the phrase stop the steal under our coordinating harm policy from Facebook and Instagram. We removed the original stop the steal group in November and have continued to remove pages, groups and events that violate any of our policies, including calls for violence. Strangely, not Antifa. Strangely, I maybe they haven't gotten to the A's. Maybe they're well, starts with the A's. So. Well, they're just smarter than us. They have a different alphabet. They're starting up with the S's. Stop the steal. And A must come after that in the alphabet. I'm not sure. Now, uh, New York State troopers say they're not going to watch the streets of New York. That's not what they do. They are not going to replace the cops on the streets of New York. Oh, well, that's not going to cause any problems. And you know what? I support you, New York State troopers. That's not your job. You're going to be asked to go in and do things that you have to do and you know are right to keep the peace. But they will tie your hands. And the first person that tries to beat you to death. If they're not a Trump supporter, (laughs) nobody's going to say a damn word about it. I support you state troopers but i warn you this is going to make things worse it's almost as if this has been designed to be bad right of course it's not an idaho internet company has blocked facebook and twitter over censorship so they censored because they're a private company and they can censor and say who is on their platform and who is not So this Internet company said, yeah, well, we're a private company and we disagree with Facebook and Twitter. So we're blocking them on our service. Guess what Facebook and Twitter are doing? They're suing the Internet company up in Idaho because they say they don't have a right to say who could be on their platform and who can't. Even though they're a private company, they can't do that. Oh, really? Boy, I would hate it if any Internet providers would join this Idaho company and do exactly the same to Facebook or Twitter, because I'd just be so curious to see how this would work out in the Supreme Court. Good chance it doesn't work out in our favor. Who would have thunk that? But why? Why wouldn't it work out in our favor? Hmm. They can block people because they don't like what they're doing, and they can do it because they're a private company. But this Internet provider, they say uh, no. And you know what Facebook says is that's why we need net neutrality. I get really worried about these uh, restrictions. Let the private company do what they want. If the Idaho company wants to say you can't go on Twitter, which, by the way, they they did give you the option of opting in to getting to Twitter or Facebook. They just changed the choice structure. And uh, that's that's totally OK. You can ask Cass Sunstein. Just change the choice structure <laughs> if you want something to happen. Well, Cass Sunstein, he's one of those smart guys that, oh, I so respect. So, yeah. You're right on that choice structure. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, it's been a it's, while since it's we've been talked a while choice structure. Since we've been on the, 
you know, the dangerous, the dangerous path of questioning mm-hmm. Cass Sunstein. It's been a long time since we've been on that dangerous path. And my gosh, we've learned a lot since, haven't we, Stu? Oh, we sure have. Yeah, uh-huh. we're not going to go down that road, I'll tell you that right now. This is what I fear about this stuff, though, because you're right, the... the Taking away the opportunity for a private company to do something stupid brings in the government, uh-huh. giving them the opportunity uh-huh. to do something stupid. Okay. And that does and not work out well. You think that there's no one to run to with Facebook and Google? Well, wait until Facebook <laughs> and Google are in bed with the government. Yeah. <laughs> then who do you run to? China? China. <laughs> there's a story out today about how Ang- Angela Merkel is pissed off that they banned Trump from Twitter. Yeah. And and you you see that and you're like well good at least someone's standing up oh no you no know, no someone's taking don't run a there stand don't here. do that that was my initial reaction I'm like <laughs> yeah because oh, it is ridiculous right. even even you could argue okay a regular person maybe Twitter wants to 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 moderate in uh-huh. some way that it's their private company uh-huh, but uh-huh. a world leader should be able to be on record you know I want to know what Trump is thinking I want to know what what Biden is thinking mm-hmm. you throw them off of Twitter we might not mm-hmm. know that that's mm-hmm. an important thing for history mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that's not what Angela Merkel is saying at all. No, no, no. She's saying she's mad that a private company has the ability to censor someone when that should be what the government is doing. Yes. The government should be censoring. How dare you? That's our job. <laughs> that's our job. That's our job to deperson people. <laughs> that's really what you she's know? saying. And I'm really upset about Deutsche Bank, which I'm pretty sure is German. Mm. For no longer allowing any loans or any business to be done with any Donald Trump organization. That's not the right of that German Nazi, that German bank. Wait, how did you get German? That's for, hmm? How did you get German out of that? Deutsche? Deutsche, that it's probably <laughs> Dutch. Probably, <laughs> it probably, means, probably means Dutch. <laughs> In German, but it probably means Dutch. <laughs> oh, gotta laugh. Gotta laugh. Or we'll all hang ourselves. Uh, Let's see. American financing. Sure, the world is imploding just a little bit this, you know, right now. Uh, It may be temporary. It may not be. But the unvarnished truth is, at least at the moment, life in the United States. Yeah, it looks a little dicey. But are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you taken advantage of the things that are going wrong. Like, for instance, we've never had interest rates this low. Why? Well, it's a good thing that you can capitalize on and you can save a ton of money. It's a bad thing because they're trying to get you to save or to spend money. They're trying to get you to do loans and to take out more money than you could possibly handle because the economy is going towards the crapper. And they need you to spend money. So take advantage of this. Don't spend more. Refinance what you already owe, especially the high interest credit card rates. Please get that off of your your table. And if you have a mortgage that is over 4%, please call American Financing and see if you can do a consolidation loan. See if you can refi and see how much money you will save. Call them now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn, let me tell you, because you, you've been complaining about your life a little bit, and we no. all have. I have to. 
yeah, we all have. All right. Yeah. But at least you're not this guy. I like stories like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. At least you're not this guy. Right. We'll tell I like you the story. Let's start of, looking for those. <laughs> yes. Of both the most valuable and least valuable video ever made. It's called What is Bitcoin? Parentheses, V1, and parentheses. It was uh, produced in 2011 by a programmer named uh, Stefan Thomas. Uh huh. And for doing it, he was a contest to basically like make something Explain. so people understand it, right? Right, right, right. For that, he was awarded 7,002. <gasps> oh my gosh. Bitcoins. Don't, don't, no, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know this. This would make it the most valuable video probably ever made. Right now, $233 million are the value for this one two minute video that's on oh, YouTube boy. to this day. However,. <laughs> He put them in a vault, uh, a, a Bitcoin wallet called Iron Key. If you forget your passcode, you have 10 guesses to figure it out. He has missed now eight times. He can't remember it. He lost the oh passcode. Oh my god! $233 million. He has two more guesses or they're lost forever. So today, just take that story and realize you're not that guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. No matter how much the world sucks, you're not that guy. Uh, all right. Let me tell you about Built Bar. Uh, I'm two pounds down. I've only got 48 pounds to go. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. I think much. it's time for a little diet vacation. <laughs> you know what? I thought a time for a little reward. Don't overdo it. Right. That's a big lesson. And uh, But here's the thing. My little reward now is built bar mm. it is so good uh, it has gelatin in it so you can't eat it yeah right? well you you're know, a vegan. Me and my weird vegetarian habits oh you're not a vegan just right. a vegetarian yeah uh all right so but built- i know my wife eats them every literally oh, every single my day. wife loves them loves them i do too they're, they're made with real chocolate I, I i don't know how everybody else is missing that how how, how can they make these you know low calorie high fiber uh high protein low sugar how how is this how is something good on a keto diet that tastes good and doesn't taste like a single chemical i don't know how they do this better than everyone else i don't need to they do it way better it is built bar builtbar.com use the promo code beck get 20 percent off your next order if you're trying to lose weight this year like i am use the promo code beck save 20 percent off at builtbar.com you will thank me for it at least your sweet tooth will and your gut that's probably hanging over your belt like mine This morning, ready to face anything from the press. And then I read this. Colin Powell. Quote, I can no longer call myself a Republican. And I thought to myself, (laughs) what is this? We've lost Colin Powell. News from 2004. (laughs) (laughs) I don't Wow, that came as a complete shock to me. All right. Can I talk to you a little bit about Rough Greens? Louise lives in Tennessee with a a miniature Australian shepherd. And let me tell you, that dog, she says, had a problem. 
She was overweight, had horrible breath to the point that Louise's kids would come home for the weekend and complain about it. So Louise put her on weight control dog food. That sounds even worse. She decided to try to put uh, rough greens on it to make it taste better because her dog did not want to eat it. Well, after only having gone through the jumpstart bag, Louise and her kids started noticing something. The dog was getting healthier, losing a little bit of weight, got a shinier coat. Most importantly, bad breath was gone. (laughs) It's the power of rough greens. Power of rough greens. It's chock full of antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, omega oils, and all the stuff that's good for you that makes you live longer. Your dog needs it, too, and they love it. It's not a dog food. It's something you put on the dog food that really does change the health of your dog. I know I've been feeding this to Uno now for, what, seven months, eight months? Sorry, I have no concept of time. Remember, it was a week ago today that everyone was talking about the vote in Georgia. Yeah, a week. Anyway, get the Jumpstart bag for fourteen ninety five and start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. You want to see your dog thrive again? Go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, greens.com. It's so good, <laughs> they asked for it by name. Oh, my gosh. Roughgreens.com slash bag. Oh, I ask you now to support free speech by supporting blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is something that we have asked you to do, and the time, the times call for some urgency here. Uh, all of us, all of us, and... We are in touch with all of the biggest conservative publishers and and hosts, and we are all trying to figure this out together. You can pray that we continue to work together because it's a very good development. Um, but we are all trying to figure out how we are going to weather the storms, and we all have to be mistake-free. I feel a little like the FBI and the... Uh, and the Department of Homeland Security felt when they were going up against terrorists in America. They just have to get one right. We just miss one, and it's a disaster. Uh, and so uh, we just we could use your support, even if that is through prayer. Uh, pray for a hedge of protection on all of us and clarity of thought. And to know the difference between his voice and our voice. Uh, but we would ask that you would support us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. We've brought back the 30% discount, so you'll save 30% off of your year's subscription. Uh, there's lots of material to watch on Blaze TV. There's, I mean, you could, you could use this as your only network, honestly, and I think you get a lot of what you need. Um, if not most of what you need. It's uh, Blaze TV, at least for your intellectual curiosity. BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code Glenn and, uh, and do it now. <sighs> I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know what's happening in your life, but uh, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, the straw that's breaking the camel's back. I mean, is it? I mean, which I, thing? Uh, 
I, I don't know, everything outside of your private life. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel for those who are have lost their jobs and are struggling. I mean, I am uh, I am so grateful, grateful that uh, we are not struggling like some are struggling. And I feel for you and we will be there for you. Um, but I mean, I, I just I think I'm the dumbest man in America. I really do. At times, I'm just, stop shaking your head like that, Stu. No, it's just you're making a lot of sense. You're telling the truth. And I want to give you credit. With everything that's happening in the world, six months ago, we decided, my wife and I were like, you know what? I don't think that there's enough stress in our life. And, you know, with everybody at home, what we should do is remodel the kitchen. What the? What the hell? What? I don't know what was in me. And I'm like, that's a good idea. We should do that. And mainly, I think, because we, you know, the garage and everything else, we cleaned up. You know what I mean? We went into the barn and we cleaned it up and organized. That's a whole different thing than, hey, let's remodel the kitchen, which led to uh, us tearing out a wall in the living room. Because, I mean, my wife is like, we got to get rid of this wall. She's been saying that forever. I hate this wall. It separates from the kitchen and the living room. And I'm like, okay. And so we, we were remodeling the kitchen. And she said that again. And I'm like, honey, we're not going to go this far. And then have you not. We're, let's just take down this wall. It would just be this wall. Which led to, wow, the floors don't match. And so now uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to put the wall back or are we going to, well, let's just, let's just redo the floors. Okay, so we redo the floor. Well, the problem is we took the trim off of, and it's all wood, so we took the trim off of, uh, you know, the, the floorboards, which led to us saying, okay, now we have to paint the trim. Okay, so now we have to paint the trim over the whole house, which led us to go, well, now the cabinets don't match. So we have to paint the cabinets, which is not just the cabinets in the kitchen. Now it's the cabinets in the bathrooms. It's the cabinets in the laundry room, which since we're already there, said she. Honey, this floor in the laundry room is complete. Look at the tile. It's completely outdated. Oh, okay. well, I guess while we're here, we'll just re do the floor in the laundry room well we can't just do it here because it's the same tile upstairs and so we can't have outdated tile upstairs i mean if you're looking to buy a house and you go upstairs and it's outdated upstairs and it's different downstairs i mean you just can't do that so now our upstairs is completely torn apart because as you're taking out the tile in the bathroom well you might as well paint the bathrooms and well let's let's take the wallpaper off the kids rooms and let's paint that because that's really out of so the kids have no place to sleep but here's the extra special part i have always said to myself self if you could get like some of those you know big container you know those shipping containers and you could put not one not two but maybe three of them right there in your front yard you know Next to the porta potty, you'd have quite a life. You'd have quite a life. So we have those, uh, and but that wasn't enough for us. We decided to put the washer and dryer on the porch, like any good hillbilly would do. 
So we have the washer and dryer on the porch because, well, we didn't have any room in there. And the kitchen doesn't have the refrigerator. Sure, I could have put those, you know, the refrigerator freezer on the front porch, too. But I think it would have it would have not been as classy as my neighborhood demands. So we just put our refrigerator in the living room which has all the floors uh, torn out. And because they tore out the floors, they did damage to the fireplace. And so now we have to replace the fireplace as well. And I was going to bed last night. And I think, well, at least, you know, at least I have my bedroom. And then I opened the door and I realized, no, I don't. Actually, everything, everything from the house that didn't fit into the storage containers that are just outside next to the porta potty is all stacked up like I'm some sort of uh, hoarder, which I am, I admit. And I only have a path from the door of my living room to the bed <laughs> and to the bathroom. Uh, well, and it has a little bit. It's about a two foot space, a walkway. Uh, that I can go through and it also goes to where my children are sleeping on the uh, floor in our bedroom so I think it's good and I curse anyone who said hey I can't wait for 2020 to be over because 2021's a new year curse you curse you <laughs> in the first two weeks of 2021 we lost the congress the senate the white house social media I don't know freedom lost all of that it's just the second week of this new year. But here's the good news. Oh, I can't think of any. Oh, wait, wait, wait. At least the kids are back in school. Oh, no, wait. They're not. Isn't that <laughs> fantastic? Well, at least you have your health. No, 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 nope. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. <laughs> I'm now eating salads because my family is like, you're going to die on us, Dad. So have a salad. So I'm now eating salads and green <laughs> stuff I don't like. But I'm, I'm feeling, well, I would say much better, but I'm not. Because I'm winded, because I still can't shake my bout with COVID that I got on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so if anyone says, hey, tomorrow is a new day, shut up. <laughs> shut the pie hole. I don't want to hear it. I'm about to climb up in a tower. I am. Wait, have you talked about the COVID thing at all? You got it. No, over. because we got back and every the world is on fire. <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't. Yeah, you had it uh, over and Christmas. And I had a bad bout of it, too. Really? I mean, if you're going to get it, I mean, really get you it. You want to get it like the way I got it, which was asymptomatic, Nothing. baby. Yeah. Yeah. And my family had it, and it was no big deal. So when I got it, I'm well, like, Tanya was, was a little deal. sick, right? But it wasn't She was wasn't sick for about three days, four days, and out but you know i was like honey there is laundry and dishes piling up <laughs> this is helpful you've got to get better i just thought i'd give that to facebook and twitter and everybody well else. i think you'd do it because now <sighs> your wife will be serving you like steak wrapped in bacon yes. wrapped in more yes. bacon. yeah yes <laughs> kill him off you son of a here's a bacon wrapped filet oh honey now stop the punishment mm. uh but yeah i had covid and it really pounded me really pounded me i'm fat and over you know and out of shape i hadn't noticed but really that is so now that you've mentioned it you do look like a macy's balloon <laughs> uh 
So, yeah. You throw some rope around my hands and my feet, and I look exactly like I could go to the parade and float above the entire crowd. Mm. Um, but I, I uh, it, it, it's, it was weird because it started, and the kids were in the kitchen, and they were cooking. And because we were up uh, in the mountains, when you cook in the mountains, everything burns. We cannot figure out how to cook things in the mountains. Everything burns. And so they were in the kitchen and I thought they were making stuff for Christmas. And I said, something is something's burning because I had a real uh, like like you was breathing in acidic smoke. Mm. And I just started coughing. I mean, like out of nowhere, I had nothing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, (laughs) and I could not control it. And I'm saying, kids, something's burning in the house. And they're like. Dad, the ovens and the stove aren't even on. And uh, it was horrible. I had no other symptoms except that. Then the other symptoms started. And I think I got it from Nicole Arbor. <laughs> oh, but, right. Because she announced on Twitter that she got it. She got it right a few after days. she was here. Yeah. She's yeah. the first interview I do live. And I get COVID from it. <laughs> so apparently you deserve it yeah Mm -hmm. i know so it lasted for at least a week uh and really pounded i mean just could not just had no energy winded walking from one you know one side of the kitchen to the other you know barely able to put you know hold up my pudding as i was eating it and uh (laughs) and so i i mean it was really pounded and i still am I still to this day to this day I still don't feel right. Now it might be that we're breathing in, you know, uh, parts of the fireplace, <laughs> toxic <laughs> dust throughout your house. Yeah, it yeah. Could be that. I mean, it might be that we're living amongst the asbestos. I'm yeah. not sure, uh, but I still can't fully get it back. Like, what do you when you say fully can't get it back? You can't get your I can't your, your wind. I still can't breathe really deeply, uh, or it hurts mm. and yeah i have a little bit of a wheeze at the at the the deep breathing uh I, I i just don't feel right i just don't feel right it's weird yeah yeah i have relatives that went through uh, that got covid and that was it was similar i mean a little worse than you even because yeah. they're a little older but and not so fat or not, fatter not, not as fat not but, as but fat. older um okay. and uh now with they same thing like um, over a month of not being able to walk from one side of the room or yeah. to the other without basically wanting to collapse and fall asleep for three hours. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it it's weird. I mean, we, you know, our own Keith Malinak, who works here. Yeah. Got it. What? Early he's what, 30? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a little 35. Old. Yeah. He's yeah. A little older than that. And healthy. And generally speaking, healthy. He's how old is it? Would you say, Sarah? 40, 45? 45? 45. No, he's not. No, he's I think not. he's a little younger than I am. 42. Is he 42? 42. Okay. Wow. A little younger than I am. And he uh, he got it, I think, late November, early December. Dude still doesn't have his voice back. Still. Yeah. yeah. He lost his voice in the middle of this and was sick. He was out. He missed the entire month of December, I think, for, on the Pat, on Pat Gray Unleashed. <laughs> now you're just showing off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On Pat Gray Unleashed, missed the entire month of December. Came back in January. Still can't, still has no voice. I mean, you know. He can't talk. Yeah. And, you know, this is a problem when, you, I, when you're on a radio show and a television show. I will tell you that I went through it and I said, this is why this kills 80 year olds. 
because mm-hmm. you if you come into it weak it's really bad you're toast, yeah. you're toast. Yeah. if you can't if you don't have the stamina if you don't have the energy if you don't have the wind power going into it it's not it's not good and not pleasant and this is why it's killing 80 year olds and probably why it's not killing people who are 20 because you still have you still have all of that you know yeah very the recovery yeah. on this it, it has been not for the rest of my family but for me the recovery on this has been astoundingly bad. So that's amazing. It really is so weird how anyway, it affects different people. Uh, Fauci has come out and said, even if you're not in the same room, if you're listening to somebody <coughs> and they cough, you can get it. Even through the radio, so, right? And even through the radio. Yeah. So, so mm, hey, get, who get knows? tested. Yeah. <laughs> you're all exposed now. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about AMAC. We live in a country that has lost its way, lost all respect for logic, law and order, basic decency. Knowing who you can count on is a very valuable commodity. So let me tell you about one group that I think you can definitely count on. I've watched them for years. I'm a member. It's AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's a group that now over 2 million members uh, strong is growing. AMAC believes in the values that constitutional conservatives care about. They represent courage, faith, reason in trying times. They stand for the solvency of a time of runaway debt, national security and sovereignty over unchecked borders. They believe in the sanctity of life with a full time presence in Washington. AMAC has been pushing back against the radical left socialist agenda. They were started back in, I don't know, 08 or 09. And the membership comes with a wealth of benefits, but the the fight is where it's happening. And they're really well equipped to do it. And there is strength in numbers. If you're going to you want to make a difference and you're going to join a group, join AMAC. They fight the good fight. Become a member today. The benefits are great. The cause is greater. It's AMAC dot US slash Beck. That's AMAC dot US slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Mm. Well, let me just say this first. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is waging the first public battle of her tenure. Uh, and this is, please pull over. You're going to be so sad, uh, that you might want to pull over. Cause I don't want you driving with tears in your eyes. Mm. Uh, can you pull over for a second? Sounds too? sad. Yeah. yeah pull over right away. Put your blinker on, put your blinker on. I don't know. No, I don't need blinkers. I'm an American. Get out of my way. <sighs> According to the New York times, Harris and her team now at odds with the high fashion magazine Vogue and the editorial team. Over their decision to select a casual photo of the vice president-elect for their magazine cover, instead of the more formal photo that they feel Cass Harris in a better, more professional light. February's issue features Ms. Harris in a dark jacket uh, by Donald Deal, of course, skinny pants, Converse, and her trademark pearls. She stands against the leaf background uh, bisected by a spill of pink curtain colors meant to invoke her Howard University sorority. And she's caught in what seems like a mid laugh and her hands are clasped together at her waist and uh, they don't like it. They say that it's disrespectful. Now, 
I just want to point out, Kamala, uh, I've been on the cover of Time magazine, and <laughs> I didn't even know they were going to put my face on there. In fact, they used a photographer who openly said, I want to destroy him. So it's, you know, and you could count your lucky stars. Look at the bright side. Kamala, at least they're not, well, they're not treating you like they treated uh, Melania on any of the fashion magazines. At least you're on a cover of a fashion magazine. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Sincerely, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how she's still standing today. American Financing, time keeps marching on, doesn't it? It'd be nice if I could tell you, hey, 2020, 2021, we're all going to get a five-minute breather. Um, but we're not going to get a break from this madness. It's not how it works, but we are equipped to deal with times like this. We were all born at this time for a reason. We just have to do the things that are smart, do the things that are right for our own family. I want you to sharpen your financial game plan. If you're fiscally responsible, be ahead. You need to spend every dollar wisely. You need to not give these banks more money than than is required. Lower your mortgage rate. Take your credit cards, high interest, and roll them into your mortgage without resetting it. You could save hundreds, if not $1,000 every month. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. The purge of conservative voices is on underway, really, right now. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code Glenn. Save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Uh, Bitcoin. Why, that's weird. Some, this is something that the average person is not talking about. But then again, your marriage could be on fire along with your car and your house. And with everything that's going on in the world, you might not even have time to talk about your house and your car on fire uh so uh, uh people have been watching it we've been watching it it's actually what uh, tika tawari talked about what like three years ago two years ago i remember that yeah and he was on he said it's going to go up to 50 grand it's going to move quickly and i said i believe you but the timing you should probably not say real fast because i'm always wrong with timing well, it turns out that he's right, and there's a reason why Bitcoin uh, didn't go up, and we wanted to bring Tika uh, on with us. Welcome to the program, Tika. How are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. It's, it's great to be back. Thanks yeah. for having me. So I wanted to talk to you about now that it has broken, can you explain the, the bubble that the Trump administration popped, if you will, in, in 2017? Yeah, let me first say that you did warn me when we were on air. You said, I said, Bitcoin will be $40,000. And you said, are you sure you want to say that? Are you really sure you want to say that? And, you know, something I prided myself on, Glenn, is that if I believe something, I'm not going to hide it. I know, I know. I'm going to say it. And and, and everything told me that it was going to go there. And when it didn't go there, I, I was shocked. I said, you know, I had to look in the mirror and say, did I just get this wrong? And uh, fortunately, I, I, I stayed the path, and here we are, you know, 33,000, we've been at 40, above 40. So it came to light that Giancarlo, who was the former head of the CFTC, came out, Christopher Giancarlo, who came out and said one of the untold stories of the past few years is, is that the CFTC 
the Treasury, the SEC, and National Economic Council Director at the time, Gary Cohen, believed that the launch of Bitcoin futures would have the impact of popping the Bitcoin bubble, and it worked. So you had some of the most important levers of government policy at work try to push down Bitcoin. And that's why we didn't go to 40K, Glenn. And it finally dawned on me, like, oh, okay, so this is what I was up against. Well, I know this to be true with gold. In the 1980s, they suppressed gold with tips and everything else. They found ways to suppress the price of gold because gold was an indicator of how solid is our economy and the dollar. And so they have suppressed it. Gold should be a probably three to five thousand dollars an ounce if you had the restrictions on it, uh, the fewer restrictions on it that we had in the 1980s. Um, the, the concern here is, I mean, it was up to what, 42 last week? 42. Yeah, it's down to 33. By the way, I took your advice. I bought more and I'm thrilled that I did. Um, but uh, the 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 scary thing is, is again, they're starting to it's coming down. I don't know why. Do you know why it's coming down? Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's got up 380 percent over the last year. It needed to take a breather. I mean, if you look at stocks like Amazon, Apple, Google, when they were in their early growth phases, they would go through processes like this. Even Tesla, where it would be hated and then they'd knock it down and, and, and you'd get this exchange from weak hands to strong hands and then it would move up again. I'm actually very happy, Glenn, to see Bitcoin take a breather here because parabolic straight moves up don't have They crash. And yeah. so, so they crash. So this is great. I would love to see even Bitcoin come in a little bit more, trade sideways for a few months, have people tell me I'm an idiot for buying it. Would love to see that. You know, right now I'm the most popular guy at the party. I never like that. Um, so uh, I would love to see more skepticism grow uh, around. I agree. I, I, would, I would like to see it at 25, uh, quite honestly, because I think that's really healthy and then take another spurt towards it. Um, is, is this is being called digital gold now that a new generation yeah. looks at this as digital gold. This is not what we saw the first time that it hit 20,000 when everybody was like, I'm mortgaging my house and buying Bitcoin. This is not happening at the low level investor. And by the way, you can still buy Bitcoin, even if you have $100, you just don't buy one, you buy a fraction of one. Um, And uh, but that's not what's happening here. This is actually big investors, right? We're seeing the institutionalization of Bitcoin. And if you remember in 2018, I was on your show and I begged everyone. I said, don't believe these institutions. Remember Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin a Ponzi scheme? Yes. He said he'd fire anybody that was trading it. Correct. Well, guess what? They just put out research saying that Bitcoin's worth $146,000. And I called that in 2018. I said, once these guys have the regulatory framework in place, they're going to come out and they are going to put their marketing machine behind Bitcoin. Citigroup which three years ago said that Bitcoin was worthless, just came out and said that Bitcoin's going to go to 300K. Citigroup, Glenn. Citigroup. So everything we talked about in 2018 is starting to happen. I wish it happened faster. Of course, we always wish these things happened faster. But I would say anybody listening today is don't focus on the day-to-day. Focus on the trajectory of this asset and focus on the people that are buying it now. And the people that are buying it now are people like Mass Mutual. 
that has $230 billion under management, 169-year-old insurance company. Companies like Michael Saylor, who's put a billion dollars into this through his public entity. Um, uh, 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 the major banks that have now been given clearance to both custody, trade, and create products around crypto, which they could never do before. So now that they figured out a way to make money from it, Glenn, guess what? Mm-hmm. They're going to write reports about it. They're going to get their clients into it. And, and you will see, again, I'm not going to paint myself in a corner like I did last time, <laughs> but, but I think we will see $60,000 Bitcoin far faster than most people imagine. And, and at some point here, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but we'll see $100,000 Bitcoin. At the end of the day, there is no other asset that can hedge you the way that Bitcoin can. Sure, gold can to a certain extent, but gold's already a $10 trillion market, right? You're not going to see gold go up 10 or 12 or 15 or even 8x anytime soon. Yeah. And as you said, gold's a political metal. It's, it's really uh, uh, depressed by government, overt government policies. Bitcoin still has a great deal of freedom because it is decentralized. It's much newer. It's much smaller. And we've seen that no matter how many shots you take at Bitcoin, it keeps coming back. The other thing I would say is if people keep calling Bitcoin a bubble, how many bubbles, Glenn, do you know that are 10 years old are worth a half a trillion dollars or more and keep making new highs? At what point do we say, okay, this isn't a bubble. This is, this is a new asset so, that sure mm-hmm. goes through booms and busts, but it, 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 it's, not a, it's, it's, it's not a bubble asset. I do believe this is the cotton gin, the internet. This is going to change the financial world, and it is one of those things that you, the average person could invest in right now. And at this point, it still could be game changing for your family, game changing. And especially when the dollar begins to really lose value, people are going to be looking for something of other value. And that's gold, silver, Bitcoin, land. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard assets like this. Everybody listening today, whether you buy Bitcoin or not, I would tell you, do you want to own an asset cash that got diluted by 23% last year? It's okay to dilute an asset if you've got offsetting growth, but we don't have offsetting growth. 23% more dollars were printed last year and the economy went down. That's a recipe for a destruction of buying power. You owe it to your family to protect your buying power. Maybe you'll do it in land. Maybe you'll do it in some type of equipment. I'm doing it in Bitcoin. That's my choice. Uh, Tika, one of the, and there's trillions of dollars more to be printed here in the coming uh, Biden administration. Trillions. Um, Tika, one of the things I I think is interesting to me, and also I think the audience when it comes to Bitcoin, is the idea that this, it's a currency that can't be printed forever there's only going to be what 21 million of them of all of all time and then there's nowhere to go but the value to be up there's scarcity there um in addition to that though there are reports that up to 20 percent of the existing bitcoin are lost and will never be recovered you think it's more than that it's at least six it's at least six or seven million bitcoins are gone forever oh my god never have so that means there's maybe 11 million in the active float right now. That's it. There's 35 millionaires in the world. And if every one of them want to own a Bitcoin, they can't. Think about that. Wow. They can't. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, you just think as this goes on, there was only a few more million Bitcoin to go. 
and many many are lost many more could be lost the scarcity is really something that it almost seems like inertia is going to push this thing higher no matter what happens when i when i have been the truth but look at 2009 to now look at it oh you didn't have to be a genius you just bought a new home and didn't worry about the 80 percent drops shut up <laughs> Shut up. When I, I figured this out the other day, when when Mark Andreessen, I sat with a private meeting with Mark Andreessen and he told me this story makes me sick. Oh, yeah. He told me you got to buy Bitcoin. It was under a dollar at the time. No. When I heard it again, wow. it was thirty two dollars. I did the math. If I would have taken the small investment that I made, uh, you know, three years ago, four years ago, whenever. It would have been worth two hundred and fifty million dollars today. Oh my gosh! Two hundred. You think I'd be here? I'd be <laughs> gone, <laughs> gone. And I, I think know you'd still be here. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I'd be happier. Uh, the uh, the thing is, is that uh, I don't think this is is any different than that. And people will see. It's $33,000 a Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a Bitcoin. You can buy a little right. bit of one. A little slice. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's uh, well worth it, I think. I think. Um, one last question. I see the stock. I could be wrong, but I think the stock market after the inauguration uh, will have a correction as well and possibly a big correction. Um, and it doesn't mean I, I don't want to get into the timing because I'm always wrong, but I, it, it's coming. Right. Uh, and that's usually when a big correction comes, people who have a lot of money and buy on margins have to sell their gold, have to sell their assets and yep. they dump them. So should yep. we be looking for another big dip in Bitcoin uh, if the stock market I, comes I am, down? I am, I am praying for one. <laughs> I don't know if I, my karma is good enough to get one. <laughs> I, I'm praying for one. I would love to see 25K. I know that'll freak a lot of people out, but I would love to see 25K and I would love to buy some more. The bottom line is there's never been, a, if, you've, if you've had at least a, a three to four year time frame, there's never been a bad price to own Bitcoin. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. How many assets can you say that's true for? None. Um, Tika, thank you so much. God bless. Glad to, uh, glad to have you on again. Thank you. Uh, all right, you bet. Let me tell you about uh, day 12 of my weight loss regime. Dear diary, I looked under the mattress in my bedroom today and I discovered to my horror that I have nearly depleted my secret supply of potato chips and gummy bears, miniature chocolate covered donuts and Oreos, almost all gone. I don't know when I'll be able to make a sneak grocery run as the prison guard who calls herself my wife is always watching now i can feel my hands trembling in both fear and hunger as i write that it may be my last entry i without without something i may die only built bars stand between me and the sweet release of death <laughs> love glenn <laughs> built bars low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber but it's great it really does taste. It's real chocolate. It tastes like a candy bar. It's healthy for you. It doesn't have any chemical flavor. It certainly does not taste like a protein bar. Those taste like a doormat. 
you've got to try these. They keep releasing new flavors. My absolute favorite is mint brownie. I'm a fan of chocolate and mint. It is so good. Don't give up on your resolution. Built Bar is the answer to your sweet tooth. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get 20% off your next order. It's promo code BECK for 20% off BuiltBar.com. I mean, sometimes I just think to myself, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Mark Andreessen, the guy who is the angel investor. in I mean, the guy has got to be worth billions. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I'm sitting in a private meeting and it's like 32 cents a Bitcoin. And he's like, you need to. Glenn, just put 50 grand into it. Oh, God. He is worth over a billion dollars, by the way. And and that was 2019 with his Bitcoin holdings. Because he's he's. Uh, involved in Coinbase, right? Which yeah, is one he of the, started Coinbase, he, which is the biggest. That's why we had the meeting. He's like, Glenn, I gotta, I gotta talk to you about something. I'm telling you, I just started Coinbase. <laughs> I hate you. I told you. you Glenn, I told you. You told me a little later on, as far as yeah, I remember. as far as you remember. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and I remember we talked about it again at thirty dollars uh, a. Uh, a, share, a Bitcoin. Yeah, I remember that. And then we talked about it at two hundred, <laughs> and then at a thousand, and then at two thousand. Ah, I mean, we started talking about it. I, I, I'd love to hear. There has to be people in this audience. The audience, millions and millions of people. We started blabbing about this when it was less than a thousand dollars of Bitcoin. There has to be people who are learned about it on this show, and maybe are millionaires because of it. I mean, if you put twenty five thousand dollars, yeah, when uh, we were talking about it back then, even. You know, you could be a millionaire. Yeah, you could be a millionaire today. And Is there I, anybody? I, I want to know. Yeah, I we got to do that. I got to know that. I want to know. Clear all the phones. I want to know. Are there any Bitcoin millionaires in the audience? And don't rub it into our face. Just <laughs> please. Uh, but any Bitcoin millionaires that are millionaires because they heard it and they're like, you know what? I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. All and right, they throw a, th- you have a couple thousand bucks. And in. you fought happens. everybody in your life. Who is a Bitcoin millionaire? I'd love to hear from you. 888-727-BECK. Yeah, I know. Have your butler call. 888-727-BECK. More in a minute. Back in 2018, uh, one of the world's leading scholars and a man who is in rarefied air, at least in, in my book, uh, as a historian... Edwin Black said this. This is 2018. Today, I come not just to mourn or scorn, but rather warn our world. This world of today's whose memories are still whistling and bristling with the torments and tribulations of a generation now passing before our eyes, but also for the world of tomorrow and the day after, pulsed by a generation whose torments and tribulations may yet be in store. The outrages are audible and just over the horizon, but in many cases, the horizon is speeding towards us like an unstoppable tsunami preparing to crash. What he spoke to me about a few years ago is happening today, and he knew it was coming because he's a student of the past. You really need to hear this interview as I reintroduce you for long-term listeners to Mr. Edwin Black, a very brave historian who has fought all the battles already. Edwin Black joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. 
timeshare termination team is they're the people that are going to help you. I mean, you know, if you purchase a timeshare in the past expecting vacation in sunny Hawaii or south of France and you end up, you know, stuck in Arkansas. I mean, it's a real place. It's lovely. But anyway, what happened is you, we didn't learn beforehand about timeshares. And if you didn't know about them, you know, you're doomed to buy into them and the cycle of maintenance fees and all the other associated hassles that just keep going and never end. People often tell you there's no way out and there's very few ways out um, unless you have the best team who really knows the law and can get you legally out of your timeshare. It can be done. In fact, the timeshare termination team uh, will get you out uh, 100% guaranteed. It's a money back exit guarantee. It's timesharetermination.team.com. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. Get this monkey off of your back. Call 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-438-8688. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. The author of IBM and the Holocaust... It, which is a must read a book that you should have in your library in paper in paper also war against the week which is the definitive book uh on eugenics his name is edwin black uh and i welcome him again to the show hi edwin how are you sir good morning glenn how are you i'm very good thank you as I always say at the beginning, every time I talk to you, thank you for all of the work that you have done. Thank you for not forgetting uh, and indeed looking at the parallels to root things out before things go awry again. Thank you. Um, when when we spoke a few years ago, we were talking about I was very concerned about depersonizing uh, depers- uh, uh, depersoning people i don't even know if there was a term for it at the time and you said yeah it's digital ghettoization and that always stuck with me because that's exactly what it should be called and it's exactly what's happening today and you warned about it can you tell me what that means and why you saw that coming well The problem has grown even graver since you and I spoke. I was sitting in, I was standing in the rotunda of the Michigan State Capitol with the governor on a Holocaust Day ceremony when I coined the phrase, the algorithm ghetto. Mm. And And the algorithm ghetto says that we will now be in a position where we can scream from the rooftops and no one will hear us because our means of connectivity has been disconnected by the Facebooks, by the Twitters, by the Instagrams, and all of these groups. And now we have seen this has suddenly come into play, not within a matter of weeks or months, but almost overnight the crush of censorship that is coming upon people, not only will they be um, uh, shadow banned, not only will they um, 
uh, not be able to hurt from their uh, heard when screaming from their rooftop. The rooftop has now been taken away. This is a dire matter. It's been years in coming. Everyone has seen it coming. Some have not quantified it like I have and, 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 and like you have. But it is going to intensify every week until we will be in a brave new world that no one wants to visit. The next step after Amazon has figured out it could turn off your servers, the next step is for the two companies that make the phones, Apple and Google, the Android, to cut off your phone service. I don't know if that's coming next week, next month, or next year, but once Amazon has figured out that they can turn off your servers, and maybe they'll turn off yours one day soon, and maybe they'll turn off mine, we are marching down the long, dark road. I looked up some history the other day as I was looking at the silencing of voices. When Hitler took power in 1933, the Nazis controlled less than 3% of the 4,700 newspapers. During the first few weeks of 1933, the Nazi regime deployed the radio press and newsreels to stoke fears of a pending communist uprising, then channeled popular anxieties into political measures that eradicated all civil liberties and democracy. The stormtroopers and members of the Nazi elite paramilitary formation, the SS, took to the streets to brutalize or arrest political opponents, opponents and incarcerate them in hastily established detention centers and concentration camps. Nazi thugs broke into opposing political party offices, destroying printing presses and newspapers. Um, this happened at a breathtaking pace in Germany. And quite honestly, I look at the news of the day just today. Uh, Trump has just declared a national emergency for the inauguration. Um, they're talking about all kinds of controls. Uh, and if something goes wrong, God forbid, this thing is going to come down. The curtain will fall so fast. Nobody will have any idea uh, what to do or what to say. It'll, it'll be breathless. Do you agree? Well, um, just to add to your insightful commentary, uh, the group in Germany that did that was the stormtroopers, was the SD, the Sturmabteilung, and it was accomplished not only by the Sturmabteilung on, uh, on the street, but a commissar was placed into every, immediately uh, after January 30th, 1933, a commissar was placed Im immediately into every newsroom, every radio station, and indeed every organization. So they had a complete grasp of what was going on and a complete control of every aspect of well, humanity. You don't, you don't need that anymore. You have these algorithms. I mean, that is... That's right. You don't need the guy in the brown shirt in your office saying, let me see that dispatch. We now, the brown shirt is now lurking in cyberspace and we need to understand to where we have come now it was not it, it would not have been possible for hitler to succeed to the extent that he did without 
the um, uh, continuous day-in, day-out help of IBM, which I yes. covered in IBM in the Holocaust. But now we have new technology firms, billion-dollar firms, firms that can almost not even be controlled in any way, shape, or form. And um, uh, we are turning a very, very dark corner, and it would be impossible for any knowing person to accurately describe what lies ahead. And in fact, historians will have a hard time um, uh, identifying what actually occurred because we've now entered that part of 1984 where people are erasing the history and replacing it. Yeah, in real time. time. Um, Edwin, I, 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 um, I want to quote something that you said. It was up to IBM, the solutions company, to organize all six phases of the Holocaust. Identification, exclusion, asset confiscation, ghettoization, deportation, and even extermination. With its advanced punch card technology, IBM knowingly conducted the census to identify the Jews, religious or not, made the railroads run on time, and pinpointed Jewish bank accounts to seize. Every concentration camp had its own IBM customer site. The infamous Auschwitz uh, Auschwitz, uh, tattoo began as an IBM number before it morphed into other serial systems. They, first of all, they... They were just doing business and, you know, you got to do business with everybody uh, and no judgment at all. You know what? We're not responsible for anything. Then after they denied this for a long time and really tried to destroy you. But you had all of the evidence uh, and your book, IBM and the Holocaust, is absolutely an amazing work. Um, but is there a difference between IBM and the potential of google and facebook that potential of google and facebook has already been tested in china uh what ibm did as you said uh was uh it uh systematized and organized all six phases of the holocaust and i don't wish to compare the holocaust in any way shape or form to what is happening today but look at what ibm did uh, in Nazi Germany, one phase one identification. Well, everyone is already identified here. Phase two exclusion. We have now seen what exclusion looks like, and the curtain is just raising on that. Confiscation. Well, that's just another word for pauperization. You could also use the word demonetizing, uh, deplatforming. Mm. Uh, how many people have said we're out of money? So after that. Um, the next step is ghettoization. Now, no one here is going to be shipped into a ghetto, but we have to ask ourselves, in this country, have people been uh, um, uh, put into concentration camps? Have people been um, selected for domestic deportation? Well, we know it happened with the Japanese in uh uh, in world in World War II, and in my book War Against the Week, in the latest edition, I reveal how in Connecticut, the Carnegie Institution had um, conspired with the governor of Connecticut, Wilbur Cross, mm. to do a door-to-door survey 
and I know eugenics is one of your specialties, mm -hmm. uh, to do a survey of every citizen in, um, in Connecticut. They started in a town called Rocky Hill, mm. and they would be ranked for their eugenic or racial worthiness. And those who did Jeez. not measure up, which was thought to be 99%, would be deported to some place in the Ozarks until that was just um, too much. And uh, uh, when they got overcrowded, they were working on methods of mass murder, which they called extermination. I actually uh, wrote a, um, quoted the document, the planning document. It was just oh my gosh. the circumstance of an election that this was not carried out, but they did start it. And this was done by the Carnegie Institution, by the state of Connecticut, and by the governor of Connecticut, and it began at Rocky Hill. And their purpose was not only to um, deport, domestically deport, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of residents of Connecticut, but then to deprive them of their money. Remember, the Japanese were deprived of their property. Right, right. Uh, deprive them of their assets in Connecticut. And when they were just too crowded uh, for the camps to continue, eventually to exterminate them. And the word they used was euthanasia, which is mercy killing yeah. under the theory that they um, didn't uh, have a good life. The theory, they yeah. were doing them a favor. Yeah. They were showing mercy by relieving them of the burden of being right. on planet Earth. So, Edwin, I, I'm going to take a one-minute break, and then I want to come back and ask you, what have you learned from history that can help us today? Violence is certainly not the answer, as we know from the Reichstag fire. It will only accelerate things. So what have you learned? What should we be doing today to be able to not repeat the mistakes of the past? In one minute, back with Edwin Black. Man, you just have to hang out with me because I'm a barrel of fun all day long. Um, all right, here we are. When Trump was inaugurated on January 20th, 2017, the Dow closed at 19,732. Today, at the end of his presidency, the Dow is at, what, 31,000? I don't have it sitting up. Come on, switch. It's about 31,000 uh, right now. Is it going to hold? I think it's going to take a crash, uh, a bad one, a reset, um, if you will. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong on the timing of things for a long time. But in the past two years, Janet Yellen has made $7 million in speaking fees from the same corporations she's about to wield immense power over. Uh, you want to talk about the ultimate insider. Uh, and she is talking about... Uh, Printing money like it's going out of style. Please call Goldline. Please learn how to get 6% free medals for self-directed IRA accounts and for their most popular graded $5 liberties. These are the ones that I buy. Five free half-pure bull, uh, bullion silver coins with a box of 20 of them, all with the... Um, counterfeit gold market that's going on in china this comes with goldline's certification an independent certification by recognized grading companies so you know what you're buying 866 goldline i've trusted these people for gosh almost two decades now 
to handle the things that I want to do personally, please call them. Uh, they're waiting for your call now at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Edwin Black, welcome back to the uh, program. You can find him at edwinblack.com or you can uh, follow him online at Edwin Black Book. Uh, so what have you learned from history that can help us and guide us now? The only thing we could learn from history is that those who have not been uh, enlightened about what has happened before and those who uh, are not opening their eyes will be led to demise. Now, I am deeply concerned because there are so many potholes ahead and people are driving right into them. Many people are shocked. I, unfortunately, and I really regret this, I am not shocked. Uh, I regret that I uh, am not wrong about any of the predictions. In 2019, uh, um, I openly predicted there might be something approaching in a, a second American Civil War. I repeated that last year, and several weeks ago, I had a show on the Edwin Black Show devoted to what could cause an American I saw Second it. Civil War. And what would it be? The number one feature would be an attempt to exact revenge on half the country, on 75 million Americans. And we, and we see this happening at an accelerating pace. And the only thing that I could advise people is what I advise my closest friends and family. Keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, watch for what is happening and do not be surprised and think of history before you make a move for your future. Edwin, uh, gosh, I wish it was more fun to talk to you uh, because you're, you're fascinating. Um, you're, you, I, I trust you. I know how careful you are on the Holocaust, um, you know, to make sure that you never, ever um, diminish that by comparing today to that, etc., um, and so I, I know how careful you are and I know what you have battled through to be able just to <laughs> have a voice. And I, I so appreciate it. And I hope we talk again soon. Um, look in history for me about peaceful, uh, actions that we might take and we'll talk again soon. Edwin, thank you so much. His name is Edwin Black. He is a host of The Edwin Black Show. Two books must have in paper, not digital. War Against the Weak and IBM and the Holocaust. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, uh, my Rectech grill. I will tell you that we're using our back porch now as some sort of a wood shop. And uh, I went to the uh, Rectech yesterday, and it had about two inches of uh, wood dust on it. And I thought, well, you know, now I can set the outside of it on fire as well. 
Um, it is, it's saving us as we don't have a kitchen or anything else. Rectech grill is, it's just so good. And they, um, it has a, uh, a thermometer that you can put in the meat and it will tell you exactly when it's done. It is just really, really, really good. Uh, and I think it's the best buck, uh, uh best buy for your buck. I want you to AB compare them. They are not, they cut out the middleman and that allows them to take the money they would have given to like a Home Depot and put it back into the grill. And it's just great. Go check it out for yourself at Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q with a Q at the end, dot com, Rectech.com. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Special going on now. 30 bucks off with the promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We welcome Rachel Brevard on with us. She is the Senior Director of Policy Conservative Partnership Institute, the co-author of the book uh, Conservative, Knowing What to Keep. Uh, I, she's really, really good at looking at where we are in the political landscape and where do we go from here? So we wanted to get her on. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Um, let's just talk about the political landscape here for a second. Um, you know, there's a national emergency that has been declared by the president they are trying to impeach the president. The reason why he, in case you don't know this, I know you do, but in case the audience doesn't know this, the national emergency revolves around uh, this big, uh, you know, carry your guns to the state capitol uh, next week and, uh, and surround your state capitol and come armed to the inauguration. I mean, it's just a horrible idea that will end with the Second Amendment being decimated. Uh, if God forbid there's any problems. Um, tell me about the political landscape and where do conservatives stand right now? And then we'll move forward. Well, I think you have a couple of things going on here. You know, the first is obviously that the violence at the Capitol was appalling. And I think, you know, those protesters failed at their goal. And the, and the result will be to marginalize a lot of the voices that I think yep. have very legitimate aims. And, you know, but I think that speaks to a broader point, which is that, look, I think while we should not condone what happened at the Capitol, we should denounce it. We should still seek to understand why uh -huh. thousands of people, you know, drove to the United States Capitol, spent their own money, you know, to to bring legitimate, legitimately held feelings of disenfranchisement, of, you know, grievance about how their politicians were not representing them. The majority of those people were not violent. And I think it's incumbent upon the Republican Party and Democrats as well to understand what it was that drove those people. Well, because, I, look, I, I said sorry, uh, I said on Wednesday night, there are many reasons that need to be explored, but there are no excuses for what happened. But there are many right. reasons. And we have to talk about those reasons because they're only making things worse. That's right. And that's where I think you see now the opportunists <laughs> in the, on the Democratic side, in Congress, in the, in the media, at, in, at levels of corporate power, basically using what happened as an excuse to do what they've always wanted to do, which is to silence their opposition, to silence any meaningful debate or trying to understand what happened, trying to find a clear way forward. They want these people 
out of public life, and they're going to use every lever of power that they control to do so. And that is going to serve to just inflame the situation, um, and it's going to bring more destruction, more marginalization at a time when we need to be doing some deep thinking about why this happened. So is there any moderating force at all in the Democratic Party? I mean, yesterday I hear, oh, it's time for healing and coming together and we're going to give, you know, the stimulus package to everybody except white men. And I was like, (laughs) what are you doing? What are you doing? Is there any moderating factor at all that we can count on or that we can hope for? This is the scary thing is that it's very hard to point to any moderating influence at this point because you have politicians, big, you know, Democratic politicians now working in tandem with corporations and the news media. So we're not just dealing with a political party here. We are dealing with an operation of collusive power to try to silence, you know, a group, not just individuals, but entire swaths of the American people because they hold views they don't like. There's a reason that Michelle Obama didn't go to Congress to say, shut down this rhetoric. She went to big tech. She made a public Mm -hmm. appeal to Mark Zuckerberg to eliminate political opposition. Same with Joe Manchin, did the same thing. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tried to get Twitter to remove her previous tweets supporting protests. Okay, this is the level of collusive power that we're seeing, and it's dangerous. Okay, so let's let's stop there for a second, because you've just written a really great article on Section 230. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that look now at uh, the conservatives and they're like, you guys haven't done jack. You haven't done jack on any of this stuff. But they're kind of in a rock and a hard place because we don't want more government regulation. That, I think, is what Mark Zuckerberg wants. They want more regulation because they'll help write the bill. Section 230 is kind of this unicorn out there that we're all hoping, you know, that, you know, pigs can fly and wishes are horses that this will stop and uh, and turn things around. Do you believe in Section 230? Is there anything we can do that can stop them that won't bite us in the ass in the in the uh, in the end? So I think the conversations around Section 230, you know, were useful and instructive because it is a government subsidy that goes to these industries. But to your point, I do think it presents a lot of challenges. And I think at this point, it's almost child's play. I think we've almost moved beyond Section 230 for reigning in big tech. I think we've seen how powerful they are. And I, if I, I'm on the right and I'm screaming for antitrust enforcement after okay. what there, those companies have done to is, Parler and other alternatives. Is there anyone, on, I mean, I know Elizabeth Warren wants, you know, harsh regulation. Is there anyone that's proposing anything on the left that, we, that is acceptable to us that you have seen? So... I haven't seen anything on Section 230 that I think from a conservative perspective solves any problems for me. I think it's worse. Um, But I do think there is some bipartisan cooperation on antitrust. And I'm not suggesting a politically motivated enforcement. I'm talking about using the laws that we have on the books. Because remember, antitrust enforcement is law enforcement. Right. right. It's not new regulation. It's saying, is there are there laws being broken in the market? If there are, we should prosecute those. We don't tolerate amnesty in any other area. Why should we tolerate it You know, for big tech? 
And so there is some cooperation on that point. Congressman Ken Buck from Colorado is a Republican, a conservative member of the House Freedom Caucus, has really taken a leadership role on this front. Um, he doesn't agree with some of what Democrats want to do, but he has proposed areas where I think Republicans and Democrats can work together. Because, look, these companies are now changing our democracy. They're changing oh, yeah. the way that we live together and interact. They're changing who can speak, not only that, but who can hear. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is having dangerous effects, I think, on how we live as a free society. So there has got to be action on this front. And I'll tell you, you know, one other thing about antitrust. I don't have a problem in theory with companies deciding who speaks on their platform, right? That the companies do have First Amendment rights in that regard. The problem I have with it is that Facebook isn't doing it for 20% of the world. They're doing it for 99% of the world. Yes. And that is a problem that I think needs to be looked at. And so antitrust can play a role here. I think Republicans have to get serious about it. So there is a uh, internet um, company, North Idaho Internet Provider, um, and they have now banned. Uh, they've now banned Facebook and Twitter from from their services. So they're not they're not carrying those. They're blocking them in northern Idaho in the Spokane area. And immediately, uh, Twitter and Facebook said, "You can't do that." And they said, "Well, wait. We're a private company." We can say if you can say this, why can't we say this? I mean, I would love to see a, I'd love to see a bunch of Internet providers do this so we could go to court with it. Um, but is there a difference between this that that you can think of? Well, this is the double standard, right, that exists uh, for tech and for everyone else. It's not just ISPs, right? It's tech doesn't isn't subject to the same liability that newspapers are, that other First Amendment actors are because of Section 230. They occupy a privileged position in, in many ways. And I think the hypocrisy that you're pointing to here is that, you know, ISPs, to a certain extent, operate like common carriers. To, you know, it's, it, they can discriminate, but it's very difficult for them to do so. But again, you have Amazon Web Services, which is almost de facto a common carrier at this point, yet they don't have to operate by the same rules. And that is something I think that is going to be a point of debate um, on the right in the months to come is have these companies risen so powerful and become so, uh, you know, the scale is so large that they now sort of control the public square. If that is true, should they be subject to some sort of responsibility, liability, compliance, responsibility that they aren't now? Um, and that's, I think, going to be a question that's going to be posed to the right in, in the foreseeable future. Um, let, me, let me ask you a very um, important question. And if you're not, if, if you have any doubt on, on uh, being exact in your language on this, just pass on the, on the answer. And I accept that. Um, Rachel, I am... I'm very concerned. Uh, I, I have to every day come on and um, and talk to people who are very angry, justifiably so, see their country being torn apart, see what could very well be the beginning of what happened in Venezuela. Um, and and they want to do something. There are forces uh, on the right and the left and the fringe that say it's revolution time. It is not revolution time. But what can the average person do? What, what I mean, they feel like they've run out of options. Well, I agree with you that it is not revolution time. And I say this having spoken to people that have come from countries that have recently undergone revolution 
Yeah, and it's we horrible. do not want that here. It's Correct. awful. Uh, you know, so I do not endorse that in, in any way. But I feel, I feel for them because I think a lot of us feel like our voices are not being heard. But at the end of the day, our politics is what needs to save us. Our politics, our process of government, our self-government has always been how we have worked out these problems. It fails when we don't debate. It fails when we don't vote, when we don't have a forum to air these concerns in a you know, self-government representative way. <sighs> I think Republicans take a lot of blame for that. When you shut down and you dismiss your voters, you aren't giving them the voice that our republic demands. And so I think we need to rely, we, we cannot lose faith in our political system. We have to demand debate. We have to demand deliberation. We have to demand representation. Well, that is that really doesn't mean violence. This, this <laughs> that doesn't mean armed insurrection. That correct. Demanding it rhetorically. This is going to be incumbent on the Republicans. They have to stop hating their own voters. They have to stop dismissing them, thinking that they're a bunch of local yokels. Um, and they have to realize who they represent and talk to them in real terms. Uh, it, it's 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 really going to come down to them. Uh, and I hope that we have some leadership that understands that. Do you think do you see it on the horizon? Because I don't see it anywhere. Well, I think you're absolutely right. The Republican Party has a huge problem in the fact that it despises its own base. And that is, you know, again, our elections have to mean something going forward because, you know, if we can vote these people out, our republic still matters. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Rachel, thank you so much for a uh, uh, for a difficult conversation that needs to be had. And I'd love to have you on uh, much more often here in the future. We need to have a dialogue and, and look to the future and see what we can do. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Uh, I want to remind you that tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Blaze TV, I'm doing a uh, Wednesday night special on the administration, the incoming administration. Who's in the cabinet? It's not good. And no one is talking about it. Uh, you need to know who is in this administration, what they're good at, what they are known for, what they believe in. That is tomorrow. Um, I said earlier on this program, politics are not the answer. Uh, changing people's mind is not the answer. Changing people's hearts is the answer. And I'm trying to balance a two-pronged approach here. I've got to keep informed on politics and what's going on, and we will do that. But we also need to look to the future on a different tact, and that is the human heart. Tomorrow, the head part. Tomorrow, we're going to look into this administration, and you're not going to like what we found, uh, but we will do it tomorrow at 9 p.m. only on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn if you're not a member. I urge you, I, I implore you to join us now, and please help the team. We are on your side, uh, and go to blaze.com slash Glenn, use the promo code Glenn, and you will save 30% on your uh, subscription right now. Okay, our sponsor this half hour is Relief uh, Factor. Relief Factor, it's Yvonne and her husband. They live in California. Oof. 
And, you know, as they get getting older and you live in California, uh, sometimes, you know, life catches up to you and aches and pains. And Yvonne and her husband were not immune from these. It started slowing them down and bit by bit, day by day, they were less and less able to get around and live the active lifestyle that they wanted and were used to. So they tried a different approach all the time. They were, what can we do? Get rid of the pain and nothing seemed to work. Fortunately, these two Californians, why they're Californians still, I don't know, but they listened to the program and they heard me talking about Relief Factor and how it had helped me get my life back. They were so desperate, they gave it a chance. And they found, after just a few weeks, freedom. They found the life without aches and pains. They got their life back with Relief Factor exactly the way I did. Please try it if you're in pain. Don't give up. Try it. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. Why would you do that unless it works? The three-week quick start is $19.95. Try it. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84. It's 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. On tomorrow's broadcast, we're going to talk a little bit about something that is very dangerous, completely understandable, And we've all gone through it. I mean, after 2016, I really stopped watching CNN. I stopped watching Fox. I I just stopped and I just, you know, started listening to the news and podcasts and everything else. Um, But I I will tell you that uh, I just had dinner with a new friend of mine and he said, you know, I stopped listening to all this stuff and my life is better. And I said, I completely understand that. But you're now in a new world. You cannot afford to not know what's going on because it's happening way too fast. And I want to talk to you about that on tomorrow's broadcast. Tell a friend, we are going to approach this situation differently than everyone else. This is a matter of mind and heart, and we are going to try to address both of those things. We'll see you tomorrow.